0: Girlfriends, episode number 82, find time for you. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about new babies, exponential grandchildren, the joys of avocado, and some ways to find more time for you. I can't wait to get started. Here we go. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. I'm glad we're connecting again this week. How's your week been? I hope you've had a good week. I have a new nephew. That was the most exciting thing that happened to me this past week. My youngest brother, John, who is always a baby in my mind, is a dad. He already was an adoptive dad um, to his his wife's daughter and a stepdad, but this is his first biological child, and we are thrilled to welcome my new little nephew and such beautiful pictures, and he's in Pennsylvania, and we're up here in New Hampshire, so I haven't yet held the baby, but I just really, I, I've just been so Blessed by knowing that this wonderful event has happened and is happening in my brother's life, that, um, you know, just knowing my brother John, I know how meaningful this all is to him and a uh, big life change for him. So just thrilled and so happy. And they named him Michael Robert, last name Agros. Some of you might recognize that last name. I know I have some listeners that uh, have gone to Thomas Aquinas College out in California, numerous of my Family members have been out there. So, um, every once in a while, when I drop that name, Agros, as my maiden name, I hear from people like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you were an Agros. So, yeah, so it's out there. I'm an Agros, but except now I'm a bean. In fact, I just realized I have been a bean longer than I've been an Agros with this last wedding anniversary 23 years versus 22 that I was an Agros. So, that name is foreign to me now, but not so foreign that um, I have a brother, Michael, and my dad's name is Robert Michael Agros. So his name being Michael Robert Agros is adorable, and I love it, and it's so meaningful, and I just teared up when I saw the announcement, because they, they shared that they were having a little boy, but we didn't know the name until he was born. Anyway, thrilled, and congratulations to my brother, John, and Anne-Marie. This baby is my parents' 42nd grandchild. There were nine of us growing up and now they have 42 grandchildren. Astonishing, amazing. I cannot believe it. And I share this sometimes in some talks that I give about raising Catholic families, because my parents raised nine of us, and we're all now adults living and practicing our Catholic faith. I mean, of course, not to perfection, but we're all actively practicing Catholics. And I think that's such a rarity Even among people I just know casually, and even other Catholic families we grew up knowing, it's really rare in today's world. And so I often look back, and one time on Jennifer Fulweiler's radio show when I was a guest on there, we talked a bit about it, like, how do you raise a Catholic family? How do you keep your kids Catholic? And of course, there's no magic answer that we all want. um, But having been raised and blessed to be raised in the family that I was, I think I have a little bit to share and a little bit of insight, Um, and I'm thinking about possibly doing a future show on that, not so arrogant as to say how to keep your kids Catholic, but along those lines, like what I observed in my own upbringing um, that really cemented my Catholic faith and really just gave all of us that gift of faith that we all want to give to our own children now. I mean, I'm I'm right there with you, struggling and thinking, how do we do this? How do we make this stick? How do we make this take? And it's so important. And yet there's so much out there. Anyway, um that's so that's a topic I'm thinking about. If you have some feedback to offer me before I take on that topic, I'd love to hear it. You can email me or whatever. Um or if you just want to let me know that you do want to hear that topic, that would encourage me to go ahead and do it. Anyway 42nd grandchild, uh, number 43 is due in a few weeks here. Um, so pretty exciting times. And I, I just love that my parents uh, raised us in love and I had nine of us generously gave to us and were open to life and that that's continuing to bless them now that they're in their 70s. And uh, they're still very active and very involved in their grandkids' lives. My mom still gives birthday gifts to every single grandchild, which, as you can guess, is a full-time job, just keeping up with that. Um, and she's, you know, my parents are great. They're, they're super involved and active and thankfully pretty healthy. So um, they're really enjoying these grandchildren. And I'm looking at that as like, what a beautiful blessing. What a beautiful thing that has come back to them from this generosity in their own family life that maybe sometimes didn't feel like it was going to pay off. I mean, I think we can all relate to that. So anyway, um, congratulations to my parents, too, for being grandparents for the 42nd time. Pretty exciting. So how has your weekend been? I'm recording this actually later than I usually do later in the day on Monday because of a number of different reasons that I'll get into later. But um, we had a great weekend, a busy weekend, a crazy weekend, and I abused my body this weekend. (laughs) I'm going to confess that right here. Um, We went out to eat one night and I totally ate too much and ate too late. And I feel like my mother now that I'm saying this, like... Uh, This isn't me. Okay, but uh, I can always eat at night, like we usually eat later dinners. And sometimes Dan and I will eat after the kids. And I'm very accustomed to eating late. But for some reason, this night when we went out, I think I ate too much. And I ate too late. And I was just up the entire night, like, just feeling grossly full. And you think I would learn my lesson from that? (laughs) You know, also, you know, just the, the, the food choice, like so high in sodium, I guess, was the problem, just so bloated and gross. And... You think I would learn like, you know, but no, um, the next day we, we got takeout and um, I indulged again, plus had a couple of drinks and um, woke up this morning just so grossed out by just feeling like a bloated mess. And it has nothing to do with weight. I'm not obsessing about weight and I'm not counting, you know, ounces on the scale or whatever. I'm very careful to not fall into those traps, but uh, I just knew uh, the choices I made recently were not the best for me, for my health, and so set about remedying that. But first of all, the way I got there in the first place, and the reason why I didn't even manage a workout this weekend is all related um, to our topic this week. But before I get to that, I have to tell you, one of the first things that I did um, this morning after working out was to have a good breakfast make good choices for breakfast and I had eggs and avocado which I don't know if you've ever had that for breakfast but it's been kind of a staple breakfast of mine like cooking eggs in olive oil and just having some avocado either sliced or mashed on the side It's like the most amazing breakfast in the world. Like this is the food that God meant for us to eat. I always feel that way when I have this. And, you know, I've never followed like a whole 30 or anything, but it's very much in keeping with those kinds of um, dietary guidelines where it's really just whole foods and it's healthy fats and good proteins. And just the way I feel like God intends for us to eat, you know, every time I've ever looked at Whole30, I know it's like a popular thing for people to go through. And I think it's great. Like if, if you want to do a Whole30 and kind of just hit that reset, I think we all need that sometimes. But whenever I look at it, I'm like, that's how I want to be eating all the time. I don't want to like say I'm going to do it for 30 days. Um, and generally, I'm, I'm, you know, I generally make pretty good choices. Certainly not this weekend, though. But I just want to recommend those of you, if you've gotten away from eating avocados or if you don't generally eat avocados, such a great food. And really, honestly, like I told you, I felt so gross over the weekend after abusing myself in that way. And you really, you're just one good choice away from feeling better. Like if you're feeling gross, if you're feeling like, oh, I just haven't been taking care of myself, haven't been exercising, like you're just one workout away or one good food choice, one good meal choice away from feeling so much better. So that's very encouraging, I think. I try to remember that when, you know, because otherwise the the temptation is to kind of spiral downward and be like, oh, well, I haven't been taking care of myself, so it's too late now, or why bother, doesn't matter anyway, it's just a drop in the bucket if I do one good choice or whatever. But really, one leads to the next leads to the next. And I always find that just instantly, you're feeling better about yourself, just making those good choices um, about what you're going to eat. And, and all of this is not to say like you can't ever have, you know, times when you eat not precisely on a healthy meal plan. If you can't celebrate or enjoy, you know, good food with your family or and, you know, just enjoy food. I think God means for us to enjoy food, but it's about balance. And you know, and I know when we're not balanced. I definitely wasn't. So yeah, so that leads to our topic, finding time for you. I was inspired by um, my weekend. So, this week's topic is brought to you by the fact that I never took a shower yesterday. I just didn't. I really planned to. I really needed to. I really wanted to. Didn't happen. Um, Weekends have been insane recently, especially because of um, the escape room business that my husband opened. Weekends are busy. And he does count on me to help him out um, quite a bit with regard to keeping track of appointments, communications with people on email or through the website or returning phone calls. And I was just doing a lot of that. So Sunday morning, got up Well, you know, we had been out the night before, got up later than I would have liked to in order to get ready for mass, didn't manage a shower before mass, did the whole dry shampoo thing, which works wonders, I find, for what it makes your hair look like. You can look like you don't necessarily need a shampoo really bad, but it doesn't do wonders for how you feel. (laughs) I always feel so gross if I use dry shampoo because I just feel dirty and I even associate the smell and it's a very nice coconut kind of smell for this particular dry shampoo that I use. I even associate that smell with like gross, dirty, need a shower. Anyway, so I was already feeling that way, going to mass, you know, first thing in the morning. And then afterwards, there was stuff to do with the business. And I was getting kids lunch and organizing things at home, planning meals for the week, managing to go grocery shopping. Anyway, all of this to say the entire day, I intended to take a shower after I got a run in. You know, I wasn't going to take a shower because that then I was still planning to run. And then that would be a total waste because then I'd go for a run and need to take another shower. I was planning, going to go for a run, take a shower. Well, neither of those things happened. (laughs) And I found myself getting frustrated uh, toward the end of the day when it wasn't happening. And, you know, honestly, I'm actually pretty good. I used to be much worse about Um, When I wouldn't get my workouts in on the weekend, I would really get upset, I would get resentful of the fact that I wasn't, you know, able to do that. And I would just, I'd plan way too hard on being able to get my workouts in. And maybe it's because I'm now really pretty good about um, regularly working out first thing in the morning during the weeks, um, on the weekdays, that I don't really feel that pressure. And I feel like it's fine. It's the weekend today's a rest day. It's fine if that happens. Or if I get an opportunity to get a run in, that'll be great. But otherwise, it's okay. So I wasn't feeling stressed in that way. I guess it was more like needed to shower in this mental block, like can't shower till I've gone for a run. Anyway, all of that added up to it was late at night, Dan was doing research for the business, and I was doing some of my own work, um, getting the kitchen cleaned up ready for a new week, getting ready to make some lunches for people who are working, blah, blah, blah no shower. I I went to bed feeling gross and I should have showered before going to bed. I was just so tired and you know how it is. Also, I knew that showering raises your blood pressure and it would have made it harder for me to fall asleep. So anyway, woke up feeling epically gross this morning, but so determined (laughs) to go out and run in my gross state and then take uh, the shower of all showers, which I did felt great. Um but all of this made me think about how it can be easy to push off time for ourselves. And by time for ourselves, I don't even I'm not even talking about these great indulgences like getting to the spa. I mean, great. I definitely include that in what I'm talking about here today. But just basic needs sometimes and it's been a while since I felt like I didn't have time to take a shower. Like, I know that happened pretty regularly back when all the kids were small, but um, that isn't that isn't a particular basic need that I tend to push off anymore. And uh, it really made me remember what those days were like, but also recognize that there are other basic needs that you, even once your kids are grown, that we women do tend to push off, that we do tend to minimize, that we don't tend to make a priority. So I was thinking... Um, of some different obstacles that get in the way of us uh, finding time for ourselves. And I was going to talk about four of those today. But first of all, I just want to ask you this question. This is a question um, from my book, Momnipotent, that each each section has like a, a quiz at the end of each chapter. Um, and in the chapter about taking time for yourself, I, I asked some true-false questions, and one of the questions stood out to me when I was going through these notes for our Momnipotent study group, which just ended up last week. Um, but this particular true or false question was, okay, listen to this question and answer. True or false, I have my own interests and the time to pursue them. Is that true or false for you? Let me tell you, if you say false, that is not okay. It's not. It's not okay and by you know having your own interests and the time to pursue them i don't mean huge amounts of time and these fabulously glamorous interests or hobbies or whatever just your own stuff your own things things that interest you and motivate you and refresh you recreation for yourself you need those things um okay so anyway i specifically didn't call this episode make time making time for yourself or carving out i hate this carving out time for yourself. What are they, Are people even talking about? You need to carve out. Well, uh, I'm not carving anything in my schedule. Like to me, that places an unfair burden on us as women when there's that that thing in, I guess it's part of popular culture or whatnot, or in some of the, the maybe the mommy blogospheres or something about this emphasis on need for time for ourselves. I think it's understood. I think people are familiar with that concept. But just The idea sometimes I think is even overwhelming, and it's like an additional burden that we sometimes place upon ourselves. Like, oh, now, on top of everything else I'm doing, I need to make time for myself. I need to have some fancy hobbies or creative pursuits that are going to refresh me, and I need to find out a way to make my husband support me in these endeavors, and I need to be carving out time. Anyway. I don't like that phrase. I like finding time. And I like to encourage people to find time because you know what? It's there. We all have a lot of time. We do. I know. And I'm a really busy person and I know you're a really busy person. I know people who are even busier than me, but we all have time. We just need to know where to look for it. We need to make better choices about the time that we do have. We need to be honest with ourselves about what we want to do with our time and what we're actually doing with our time. Okay. Anyway, um, so I'm going to talk about four different what I see as obstacles to finding time for yourself as a woman. These are things that I I think I've observed in my own life, but also in other people's, I think they're pretty common um, among women, among moms in particular. So the first one is guilt. You knew I was gonna say that, right? I mean mom guilt. Guilt is a huge obstacle to finding time for yourself, for your own pursuits, for your own endeavors. I did a whole episode on mom guilt a while back and this is a big part of it this idea that we need to feel bad for doing something that's for ourselves. We're so wired to serve others, especially inside of our, our roles in our capacity as wives and as mothers, that taking time to serve ourselves in any way, even in the most basic way sometimes, even in the most human, humane way, taking time for ourselves in, you know, the whole take a shower or go to the bathroom by yourself or whatever. It, feels, it makes us feel guilty. It makes us feel like we're not serving our families. But this is so, so dumb. And if we actually take the time to look at it, I think we know how dumb it is. We know it. I mean, if you look at it and don't just go with that feeling of guilt and respond to that. We know it's dumb because, you know what, we don't want to burden our families. Oh, you don't want to burden your husband by having him, you know, take care of the children exclusively while you're doing something else, you know, at whatever time, whether it's a weekend or a weeknight or um, whatever. You don't want to burden him, but you you will then burden him with your depression or your anger issues or your resentments or your martyr mom syndrome that's going to come out because it's not human to just be a robot and give all the time without ever replenishing your own stores. It's part of being a human being that we need that. And I, so I think we're really lying to ourselves when we're saying that we feel guilty. Um, it, yeah, I'm not saying we're lying about the guilt feeling, but we're, we're lying um, to ourselves and that's what's causing the guilt. We're lying to ourselves about what we're doing and why we're doing it and um, not failing to see the truth of the fact that it really is a service to our family to take care of ourselves. And this whole, um, you know, I did a, a whole episode on what the heck is self-care anyway, very much related to this. Um, but, you know, the idea that you can't ever take time for yourself and what that means, I think is different to everybody. Some of you are imagining like getting a, a mani-pedi and having a whole afternoon off to yourself. And, Um, that's great. And opportunities like that when they present themselves and you can make it work are great. But I'm even talking about some of the most basic things like taking some time to just read quietly by yourself, if that's something you enjoy, or pursuing a hobby, a creative thing that you enjoy, whether it's sewing or um, scrapbooking or taking photos um, or writing or, you know, whatever it is, some creative thing or baking, cooking. I mean, for some people, that's really relaxing and they enjoy it when it's not like dinner for 10 needs to be on the table in half an hour, um, when it's more like trying a fancy recipe or, you know, um, making a, a, a baked good that's complicated or something like that. Um, so basic things like that. Having the time to be able to do that um, is is an important part of our human experience. And when you don't make time for it, and yeah, you can go for a while. You can deny yourself and pretend those needs don't exist and and shove them down. Um, It's going to come out somewhere. It's going to come out somewhere. And in my experience, it comes out in um, you take it out on the people you're supposedly serving, which is the most ironic and sad thing of all. I know this because I've done it. You know, I will pursue something for like serving my husband, something particular that he has asked me to do or something, and yet resent him the whole time because, you know, it's not a good time for it or I'm exhausted. And really, it would make more sense for me to say, I'll do this another time. And I will just, you know, sometimes I'll just push through. And just be a jerk about the whole thing. And wow, I'm sure he really appreciates that, you know. So really, uh, ironically enough, it comes out and usually it comes out, sadly, in uh, our relationships with the people that we care about most. The people we, we want to love and that we want to serve well. So if you are truly interested in serving the people that God has placed in your care, part of that service is taking care of yourself. So don't don't give into that martyr mom syndrome. Don't give into that false idea that you need to feel guilty about these things. And yeah, if you experience that guilt, well, at least be honest about where it's coming from and think it through and then don't don't dwell there. Don't allow yourself to. And honestly, the more you do that, the more you think in that way, the more it becomes a habit and the easier it becomes to see things as they really are. All right, the second obstacle I want to talk about um, to women finding time for themselves is we don't even know what we want. You know, I've listed a few different activities, a few different things that you might be interested in pursuing creative things or just recreational things, relaxation things, maybe just taking a nap. But so many of us fill our downtime with stupid garbage on our phones. Honestly, I'm just going to be honest about this. Um, Scrolling through Instagram, is not a hobby. It's not even a rejuvenating activity. It's not something that's you taking time for you. And I think too many of us do that. Like um we may not even recognize that we have you know 15 minutes of of downtime, quiet time um because we're kind of automatically turning to our phones or turning to screens of some kind. During that moment of pause and not thinking it through, we're wasting that time in actually in ways that I think wind up depleting us more, leaving us feeling dissatisfied or um, feeling jealous or feeling inadequate or insecure about ourselves, uh, especially if we're just like scrolling mindlessly through social media, not helpful or reading the news on your phone or whatever, that um, there's so many things we do on our screens that... I think, are the opposite of what recreation is supposed to be. Recreation, recreate, refresh, rejuvenate, bring yourself back to life. Your phone is not doing that. So I think really the phone is a huge obstacle to knowing what we even want to do with our downtime. If you don't know, what you might like to do, what you might enjoy doing, Uh, I challenge you to put your phone away. Like pick a, a day where you don't use it for anything but something necessary, any necessary communication. And during those little pockets of time that I promise you are going to pop up that you haven't even noticed before, look for something else to do, even if it just means sitting quietly and offering a prayer to God or um, lighting a candle and enjoying its fragrance or, um, you know, taking a, a shower, <laughs> which I wish I had gotten to do yesterday. Um, You know, just find those moments. And I promise you, if you put your phone away, if you if you discipline yourself in that way, you will see where those moments are in your day. I think too many of us are kind of numbed to where those pockets of time, and I'm not talking about huge pockets of time. I'm talking about even like five, 10 minutes that's, that's free for you, And we're filling it mindlessly. And I'm saying we, because I do it too. I'm as guilty of this as anybody else. So I'm right there with you. But, um, you know, I challenge you to just put your phone away during those times and find out what other activities might refresh you. Maybe just going outside and breathing some fresh air, taking a a walk or having a conversation with one of your children. Um, That you might find refreshing and rejuvenating, as opposed to scrolling through your phone mindlessly. But then also other activities. Think about things that you used to enjoy. Think about what you did during your college years or during your high school years or as a child that you really enjoyed. What were things, what were hobbies that made you feel good, whether it's some sort of physical exercise or an art project, um, maybe even just having a phone call with a friend, taking a walk and talking to somebody, pursuing some kind of art or reading. There's so many different things that we can do on our own for our own sake, Um, even just sitting and having a cup of tea and and savoring that moment, you know, of of actually sitting down and relaxing a little bit. Um, These are things we can do for ourselves and it doesn't have to be a big deal. All right, the third obstacle toward finding time, right? Keyword finding, you're going to find time. You're not going to carve it out. And I'm not telling you, you'll have to make time. I'm telling you to find your time for you is um, the biggest obstacle here, I think, is that we don't delegate. We're terrible at delegating. Uh, I am too. I have the worst time, even just yesterday. At the end of the day, when I was feeling so frustrated, I did an honest assessment of my day and thought about stuff that I did that I should have told somebody else to do stuff I did everything from emptying the dishwasher to um you know tidying up in the bathroom folding towels really am I really the only person who could fold towels like and I know I have this mental block and I feel guilty sometimes asking people to pitch in but that's the dumbest thing in the world and I preach it to other people all the time dumbest thing in the world right uh other people can fold towels. other people can do dishes, other people can sweep floors, other people can drive kids places. Um, if you're lucky enough to have other drivers in your house, be honest about what you're doing because sometimes I think we think we are more important than we really are. And I'm not saying that in a mean way. You are so important and you are irreplaceable to your family, but we think we're irreplaceable for things that we're not irreplaceable for. We're irreplaceable as our kids' moms. As in, in the way that we love our kids, we're irreplaceable as our husbands' wives in the way that we uniquely love our husbands. But we are not irreplaceable in the way we make lunch or the way we make dinner, the way we fold laundry or the way we scrub a toilet, right? But sometimes we get kind of locked into that thinking that only I can do this. It has to be done right and only I can do it, you know? Let go. It's so stupid. And we're the ones who pay the price. And then ultimately, our families are the ones who pay the price along with us. When we don't do that, when we don't take that humble step and let go of like this idea of perfection, this idea that we shouldn't be asking for help, right? We talked about that last week, how hard it is to ask for help sometimes. But I think when we're doing that, we're valuing ourselves for what we do. We're looking to find our worth in the things we do, the things that we accomplish in a day. We're really looking to find our worth in what we do, not in who we are. And truly, we know this, right? We're not worthy because of what we accomplish. Jesus talking to Martha and Mary, remember? (laughs) Remember his message? He was telling Martha, you're, you're valuable. You're my precious daughter because of who you are. And the value here is our relationship and connecting with one another. And that's where her worth is. That's where your worth is. That's where my worth is. We're valuable. We're worthy simply because of who we are, not because of anything we do. And I think when we don't delegate, that's because we're falling prey to that faulty line of thinking that we need to be the ones doing. And we're, we're looking to feel good about ourselves good about who we are. I'm a good mom because look at this list of things that I accomplished for my family today. That is totally being focused on the wrong thing. So that's a major obstacle to finding time for yourself and ultimately leads to that martyr mom syndrome. You're not a gift to your family when you are resenting them, when you're angry, when you're feeling depressed, when you're totally depleted and feel like you have nothing left to give and you resent every single thing that they are asking of you. That's not being a good mom. That's not actually being generous at all, which is ironic because that's what we say we want to do. Okay. The last obstacle toward finding time for ourselves that I want to mention is that we think it needs to be a big deal we make it a bigger deal in our minds than it actually has to be. Like I said, you might be picturing when you hear finding time for yourself and it feels overwhelming because I'm never going to have like a total Saturday to myself where I'm just going to be at the spa or wherever you might want to go. Um, I, it doesn't have to be like that at all. You know, years ago, um, Holly Pierlow had this popular book called A Mother's Rule of Life and what she described in there really was um, daunting to me for what she described as time that she needed for herself. But everybody's different in this regard, okay? What you need for your downtime is going to be different. And what activities you might pursue in your downtime, it's going to be different from what other people want or need or end up doing. Um, but she wrote in the book about how she required this time to herself. And it was like a Saturday sabbatical, I think she called it. And It was every Saturday. She was an at home mom. I think they had five kids. Her husband worked full time and was home on Saturdays and Sundays. So every Saturday she had to herself, which I felt like, What? (laughs) You know, I was a mom at home at the time and my husband was working full time. And yet I couldn't even imagine, couldn't even fathom the idea of saying I have a basic need for every Saturday to myself to do whatever I want. And I really think, you know, um, I, I, I don't know Holly personally. I did work with her professionally. She did some writing for me way back when I was editor at Faith and Family Magazine. She's a great lady. Um, and I think she was at a place in her life where she wrote that book and where she was um, doing those kinds of changes in her life where she really needed a major intervention. And you might be there. You might need that. And Um, She even shared in the book that she didn't always take the whole day, but she needed to know that it was an option for her. She needed to know that she could if she wanted to. And that kind of helped her to stay sane during other moments during her week. So, um, But that was kind of daunting to me at the time because I was kind of looking at her as an example and was like, there's no way. You know, I guess I can't take time for myself. Not that she was saying this, but this is how I was reading it. I can't take time for myself because there's no way in heck I'm going to even ask my husband for that. And it felt like too much anyway. Like he was gone during the week. Saturdays were a day for us to do things together as a family, which is truly what I wanted. Um, So don't let that be an obstacle for you. Don't let the fact that other people might do bigger things or you might have some idea in your head of what it means to take time for yourself, to find time for yourself. Um, Like I said, it can be little pockets of time, little bits. Sometimes it's just a matter of not changing anything major in your life, but just beginning to set some boundaries in your life. Huge thing, right? Huge thing personally to set boundaries between yourself and your children, especially um, reasonable boundaries. Like you might enforce Quiet time. If you're a mom at home with little kids, I know one of the things I really struggled with was when my kids would outgrow naps. Really needed that nap time. That was something that was really important to me when I knew I could count on like 90 minutes of quiet time um, in the afternoons. But that goes away. Like kids outgrow that need for sleep in the middle of the day, but you don't outgrow your need for that downtime. So um, some moms I know enforce quiet time even after their kids have outgrown naps, and I've done this in varying degrees over the years, but you could, and you could be very formal about it, or you could just do it once in a while when you feel the need. Say, you know what, from two to three this afternoon, we're having quiet time. That means I'm going to be doing my own thing here in this room, and I don't want you to disturb me. Well, you know, this works with a little bit older children. If you've got like a two-year-old, this probably won't work. But making arrangements along those lines that this is quiet time. Or if you have multiple kids and only the littlest one naps, then making that nap time quiet time for the older kids. Restricted activities, restricted kinds of things that they're going to demand of you will be allowed to demand of you during that time. Set that boundary. Also, you can set a reasonable boundary of like when your family asks you things. A lot of times I know this because my family does it too. They don't necessarily look at your perspective. <laughs> you can teach them to see things from your perspective. Like when they come and ask you for something, and you've just sat down with your coffee in the morning, you don't have to jump up and do it, or you don't have to feel put upon that they're asking you to do this when you've just sat down. You can say, "Sure, as soon as I'm done with my coffee, I just sat down." Mind blowing, right? You can actually say that. Um, Uh, Sometimes we need permission. We need to give ourselves permission and give each other permission. So I'm giving you permission right now. You can say that. Or you can say, yeah, um, we can do that. Um, But right now I'm going to go out and sit in the sun on the deck and read for 20 minutes. You can set that boundary. You can set that expectation. Your children will respond to it in a healthy way. I, they're, you know, I think they're not looking to abuse you. Your family's not looking to abuse you. And I think too often when we immediately say yes to everything that they ask of us and neglect our own needs in order to to serve theirs first, always, always, always. In a way that's truly unnecessary, um, we're giving them, a, we're doing them a disservice. Actually, first of all, we're we're not teaching them healthy ways to interact with other human beings. We're not teaching them to consider other people's feelings and perspectives and needs. We're, we're you know, and we're teaching them that we're a doormat and that we're there at their service twenty four seven and that they don't even need to appreciate us. That's not a good thing to teach your kids, and you know what? Their future spouses won't thank you for it. So. Um, you know, set those kinds of boundaries. It, it can be a very reasonable, simple thing to do. And if you're at a place where you feel like you don't have time for yourself ever at all, ever, 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 then start there start right where you are. You don't have to change a single thing about your routine, about your schedule, you don't have to get babysitting. Start setting some of those boundaries by verbally communicating them to the people in, that you want to serve, that you want to serve better and keep that in mind and it will help you to kind of move through that that guilt that might otherwise be getting in your way. All right, so those are my four different obstacles I wanted to talk about and address today. Obstacles to us having time for ourselves, finding that time for ourselves. It's there, right? So The whole guilt thing, big, big problem with finding time for ourselves and um, actually taking it when we do find it. Uh, The fact that we don't even know what we want, need to spend some time, maybe prayerfully spend some time asking God how he might want you to use time for yourself. Uh, We don't delegate. And then finally, we think it needs to be a big formal deal. And it doesn't. Finding those little pockets of time that are already there can be really, truly effective for making you feel refreshed and making you feel like your basic needs are met and avoiding those feelings of resentment and anger and neglect building up. You might have some ideas for how to avoid Martyr mom syndrome. (laughs) You might have some stories or thoughts to share on what I've shared here today about obstacles to finding time for yourself. So I would love to hear from you. You can connect with me, Danielle at daniellebean.com. You can go to daniellebean.com and click that little tab in the corner that says Leave Voice voicemail. I always want to say voice feedback because that's what I ask for is your voice feedback. But leave voicemail. You can do that pretty easily on the website there. You don't need any fancy equipment. Or you can connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is in the show notes for every episode of girlfriends at daniellebean.com. Now, before we move on with the next part of the show here with some feedback that I have received from people, I want to take a moment to thank all of you who support the Girlfriends podcast through Patreon. Patreon is a simple system that allows you to pledge as little as a dollar per episode, and it's a wonderful way to truly and Physically and financially show your appreciation and support of Girlfriends and it really encourages me to continue to produce the show week after week. So if you appreciate what I do here and you want to encourage me to continue doing it, if there's something about Girlfriends that you enjoy and that you want to show your appreciation for it, supporting through Patreon is a wonderful way to do that. And you can pledge as little as a dollar per episode, you can set a budget limit per month so that you never break the bank. And I would love for you to be a part of our community in that way, really truly supporting what we do here at Girlfriends. If you're interested in finding out more about it, you can go to Patreon, dot com forward slash Girlfriends. Thank you so much for that support. I also want to take a moment to thank Ascension Press for partnering with me to bring you this podcast. You can check out all of their podcasts and all of their cool videos and media and the Father Mike Schmitz, you know you love him, his awesome videos that will entertain and inspire and educate you about your faith. You can find all of that at AscensionPresents.com. Hi, Danielle.
1: This is Lexi.
0: I'm a fairly new listener to the Girlfriends podcast, and I just wanted to let you
1: know through your love language that I love it. I love your show. Um, I've still been catching up on some of the past episodes. But what I love the most um, about your podcast and that I feel that all the episodes have in common is that they make Catholic, holy family living into manageable chunks. I never feel overwhelmed when I listen. And I also never feel alone in my struggles as a Catholic wife or mother, and stay at home mom to a 20 month old little girl. So I just want to let you know, and also tell you that I admire your wisdom and really enjoy your perspective on all the topics that you share here at Girlfriends. So have a great day. Take care. Bye
0: bye. Thank you, Lexi. That is so um, encouraging for me to hear your feedback, um, especially that you don't find the Advice that I share overwhelming because that really is my goal. I want it to feel doable to you because I think ultimately that's been my biggest struggle with regard to like self-help books or some of the the Catholic mom how-tos that are out there in the forms of blogging or podcasts or other forms of media, books and whatnot. Um, Back in the day, it was books. I used to kill myself with books because... I would set them up as this ideal that would just overwhelm me. And um, just knowing that I just have a heart for people who might subject themselves to similar things. And I really do aim to be an encouraging podcast. So I appreciate the fact that you do find it encouraging and not overwhelming. It's very helpful to have that feedback because I really do. I want this to be a practical help to you a practical source of kind of building up community like like you said we're not alone and i i find that communicating through some of these modern means of media whether it's through podcasts or connecting through facebook or whatnot can be a really beautiful way for us to encourage and support one another sometimes all you want to know is that you're not alone because You know, once somebody lets themselves be a little bit vulnerable and let their hair down a little and say, yeah, well, okay, so this happened, and I'm just going to admit it, you know, this isn't perfect in my life, you're just going to keep hearing, me too, me too, or... So many times our responses. I thought I was the only one, and nothing sadder to me than that. So I really do appreciate that, Lexi. I really value your feedback there. So thank you for taking the time to speak to me in my love language. For those of you who don't know, my love language is voice feedback. I love it when you give me your voice feedback, because then I get to add your voice to a girlfriend's podcast, and nothing makes me happier than that. Thanks so much, Lexi.
2: Hey, Danielle, David. Uh, good morning. Hope you finished up that Novena strong. Uh, one question: Who is the patron saint of unfinished novenas? Maybe making a bean to that saint. Haha. Uh-huh. Um, I got nothing for you on hormones. Sorry, you ladies are the best. Uh, I can't imagine that. Um, very good stuff today on helping husbands uh, when they're down. Uh, I think the one that resonated most with me, and that I found kind of in my own experience is, I know when my wife's going through a tough time, uh, I try not to internalize. um, I I can't fix that necessarily, right? Uh, I'm not her savior. She's not mine. Um, I I may be doing everything right in many respects, but uh, there's still tough times in the world. So not taking that personally, I think, can be tough. Um, and like, you know, doing a self-examination and say, well, what am I doing wrong? Maybe you are, uh, most likely you are, but even if you're not, um, you know, having your relationship with God be prior to your relationship with your spouse, um, is always a necessity. And I think, you know, too often under the best of intentions, we forget that. Um, so, uh, yes, but very, very good topic. Um. I have a prayer request for you and your listeners. Uh, The brother of a good friend of mine, uh, whose name is Father Michael Crosby. He's a Capuchin uh, in the Midwest. He is uh, in his last days. So I'd ask prayers for him, uh, for his brother, Father Dan Crosby. Uh, You know, they're the last two brothers of four. um, And so, um, you know, they get to spend these last days together. Uh, So if your listeners could... uh, Keep that um, prayer intention in your mind. I think Father Dan and uh, Father Michael would appreciate that very much. I hope you're having a wonderful day, and thanks again for the podcast. Bye.
0: Thank you so much again for that feedback, David. I always appreciate your male perspective here on Girlfriends. I love that you're an honorary girlfriend and that you are supportive of the show, even though it's not technically aimed at your demographic. I think you always have such valuable insight to share, and I love that you're a listener and that you're willing to participate in our community here. So for sure, um, we will pray for Father Michael Crosby and his brother, Father Dan, Um, beautiful that they're they're together during this um, time at the end of their life together. Um, But I know such a tough thing, and we'll just pray for God's grace and, and the peace of Christ to be with them during this time. Um, Also, thank you for your thoughts about marriage. Uh, I think it's really helpful, especially when we're here on Girlfriends, when it's just us girlfriends sharing to have a male perspective. And I appreciate the affirmation about not looking to your spouse as your savior and the importance of recognizing that Jesus is our savior. God alone is our savior. God alone is can make us happy and that we shouldn't be looking for that kind of salvation in our spouse or in our marital relationship. And we shouldn't try to be it for our spouse either. I think it it puts a lot of pressure on the relationship um, and our culture doesn't help because they kind of encourage that, you know, like he's not making you happy. She doesn't make you happy anymore. Then time to move on and find who does, you know, like nobody's ever going to make you happy all the, all the time. No person is ever going to do that. Um, so important to recognize that. And then, oh yes, about the novena. I did complete my novena to St. Anne, which was wonderful. I... (laughs) Actually, completed a novena, and right now I'm just kind of sitting, resting on my laurels (laughs) for having completed that one. And you know what? I came actually really close to not completing it. I got disrupted in the morning when I was going to say the the ninth day, and um, I didn't get to it. I didn't even think of it again until like almost dinner time. And I was like, Stop everything! I'm going to go and do this prayer right now because, gosh. I am so close. (laughs) And so, yes, I did. If people have other novenas, maybe we could practice one together here at Girlfriends. That might be fun. Uh, If someone has an idea for a novena that we might do together, that would be a cool thing. And we could encourage each other and remind each other uh, throughout the nine days and hopefully accomplish that together. I think that's great. Um, So thank you, as always, for your feedback, David. I always appreciate your perspective. Next up, we have Sam, who's back again this week with some thoughts to share on a recent episode. Good morning,
1: Danielle. I just finished working out, but I had to tell you some really cool things. I was folding laundry and trying to take advantage of this quiet time before any kids were up. And my phone was sitting there and I said, Siri, play Girlfriends. And within seconds, your voice started blasting. I thought that was super cool. Also with my phone, I have the Pray Pray More Novenas on my podcast. So... When I have a morning that I might have rushed through reading the prayers or I forgot, I'll play it on my podcast while I'm driving or working out or doing the dishes. So I love pray more novenas also. Also, I love and my husband loved your talk about ways to make our husbands happy. I've heard some really great advice. That was if you want to grow closer to Jesus, receive Jesus more in the Eucharist or in adoration. And if you want to grow closer to your husband, receive your husband more. Even though we're tired or not in the mood, it's a sacrament. And every time we make love with our husbands, we're renewing that sacrament. So it's really important part of marriage. And it's really helped my marriage tremendously. Also, when you talked about cleaning up your kids, you totally nailed it again. And I felt, too, as a mom, just sometimes brushing my hair, maybe putting some lipstick on to go out, made me look more a good representative of a good Catholic mom instead of this frazzled mom with all these crazy kids. So thanks again. And also, my kids are huge spike ball people. They have spike ball tournaments. They play it any chance they get. And also, thanks again for reminding me about the morning prayer for Lady of Fatima. I printed it out and it's on every one of our bathroom mirrors. So we're all getting to renew our morning prayer and our devotion, especially during this 100 year anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima. So thanks again for being a great girlfriend. God bless and have a great day.
0: Thanks so much, Sam. Gosh, you offered awesome feedback on pretty much everything I talked about last week. So I don't even know where to start. First of all, Siri. I love that Siri can find me and play girlfriends for you. That is so cool. Um, then the Pray More Novenas. I didn't even know they had a podcast. So that is huge. Um, so I looked it up. You can just search for Pray More Novenas in whatever, wherever you're getting your podcasts. I just did it in iTunes here. And they'll is there's an audio version for the day that they're they're doing so love that because how easy is that if you happen to miss it in your morning email um, and miss that prayer time when you're out and about during the day when you might be putting on other podcasts great opportunity to just add a little audio prayer super quick super easy. And we'll all end up praying more novenas this way. So yeah, glad to give that shout out to pray more novenas again. Last time it was to the website, this time to the podcast, and I'll put a link in the show notes for you so you can check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. And I love that your husband listened, because now we know David's not the only male listener. (laughs) I've heard from some other people to at um, various events and conferences, they're like, well, I sometimes listen because my wife puts it on in the car, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I'm glad he listened. And I'm glad he appreciated, of course, he would appreciate that, that I'm telling women to have more sex with their husbands. <laughs> but uh, that's great. And it, it's so true. And I love that advice that you once received, because it is true to remember that it's a sacrament, that's a renewal of the sacrament. So it's a it's a, it's a physical experience, but it's also a spiritual experience. Um, and just to remember that, that Coming together like that is a way that you renew your relationship. And trust me, your, your relationship will benefit from that coming together more often. And I'm not telling you to disobey your charts. I know charts are important. <laughs> but when you can and when it's reasonable, making that extra effort when you might otherwise be tempted to just say no out of, you know, Legitimate tiredness, legitimate fatigue, legitimate wanting to pursue something else. But it always does pay off um, making sure that that particular need is met inside of our marriages. So true. So thank you, Sam, again, for you too meeting my need for that, that love language, which is voice feedback. If you want to leave voice feedback like Sam and David and Lexi did this week, you can use SpeakPipe, which is the link on my website, danielbean.com. Click that little tab that says leave voicemail, easy to do from your computer, from your phone or whatever, Um, or just record an audio recording. You know how to take a voice message on your phone? Do that and email it to me, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on Voxer. The link is always in the show notes or through social media, all of those ways. Um, You know, even just good old fashioned email. I love hearing from you and I love adding your perspective to girlfriends. I'm really about building community here, so really appreciate it when you offer your own unique perspectives and responses and your experiences too and that's it we've come to the end of our time here this week um thank you for being here thank you for listening thank you for tuning in and all the different ways you encourage and support me i really appreciate that you spend this time with me it really is a gift to me the fact that you show up week after week and listen to what i have to share here at girlfriend so thanks for being a part of what i do And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy.